Wait, let me get this straight. So a pinball company out there is gonna make a YouTube video in which they are 100% transparent about some of the issues their company has had. Not only that, they're gonna share with us in a transparent way all the different things they're going to do in their next game to improve upon their product. And they're gonna get up there and stand behind their product and tell us that they're gonna improve the quality. Yes, 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 this is everything. And watching Spooky Pinball's recent video on YouTube makes me feel so good and so optimistic about this hobby. So much so, I went over to Spooky Pinball's page today and I ordered a Fang Club membership. And I'm gonna tell you why I ordered the Fang Club membership. And it's not just to get their new title, which if you do order the Fang Club from them, it does put you on the list to get early access to buy their next game. But the reason why I did this is primarily very simple. I wanted to say thank you to Spooky Pinball for doing what I think matters so much right now in the pinball world. I wanted to thank them for being transparent, for being open, for being honest, for making positive changes to the product, and first and foremost, thank you so much for putting quality above everything else. Because as all of us know, as much as we love pinball, if you get a pinball machine and the quality issues are giving you headaches, you are going to have a headache with that product for many, many days, maybe years if there's no solution. And we don't buy pinball machines and we're not into pinball to have headaches. We simply want the toys that we buy from these companies, we want them to work and stand up to thousands of plays that we wanna put on these games because everybody's got them on free play in their home. And I will say this, first and foremost, Spooky Pinball has solved the play field issues and their game, Rick and Morty, has the best play field in all of pinball right now. So that makes everybody feel good. Now, from there, they're fixing the issue they had of a loud power supply fan. So if you've had a spooky pinball machine, you hear that fan going over and over and over again. It's annoying. They've solved that problem. There's been issues with the flipper mechanism on a spooky pinball machine, and they've fixed that switch on the flipper as well. So that's really awesome. And then they go on to do something they didn't even have to do, which is confirm for us that their new title is going to have multiple upper play fields, which is awesome, awesome, which means that world is gonna come up towards the glass. And I don't know about you, but I love upper play fields. I love it when a pinball machine rises up off that wood and actually creates a world that is headed towards that glass, that wants to break through that glass. So super excited to hear that. And I also heard them confirm what Kaneda told you how many weeks ago that Spooky Pinball would be introducing a three tiered system this time around. There is a regular edition, a limited edition, and a collector's edition of spooky pinball machines. Now, here is how I think they're going to do it. I don't think they're going to set some arbitrary number of collector's editions. I think they're going to simply say, we are making 750 or a thousand of this game. You can order your game as you want to order it and they will allow the orders to dictate how many they make of each. So if they get 800 collector's edition orders, 
they will make 800. If they get 200, they'll make 200. And they're going to let people decide. Now, the ultimate music to everybody's ears is that the collector's edition will be less than $10,000. And so if you look at Rick and Morty and you look at if you optioned out Rick and Morty and you put the butter cabinet on your machine, it came out to right below 10K. So that's what I think they're doing is they're gonna give you every single option and a butter cabinet for the collector's edition of their next title. I think it's super smart. I think it's gonna help out distributors a lot. It's gonna help out their production a lot. So they don't have to go down a checklist of options on every single machine they make. And I think that caused a little bit of a production nightmare for them. But even with COVID, even with that options list, even with everything the world went through with supply chain issues, even with having to start Rick and Morty production a little bit later than they planned, even with all of that said, Spooky Pinball just built all of their Rick and Mortys in less than 18 months, which is what they promise the pinball community. And I'm just here to say that Spooky Pinball always does this. Spooky Pinball always does this for me. As much as I rag on Rick and Morty and the layout of the game, and I do wish it shot a little bit better, they wish it shot a little bit better, Scott Denisi wishes it shot a little bit better. As much as I have my gripes about some of the gameplay features of Rick and Morty, I never had an issue with my game, the game looked amazing, and the customer service from Spooky Pinball when I owned that game was phenomenal. And I walked away from that experience feeling nothing, nothing, but good vibes about Spooky Pinball. And so as I kind of go through what I'm going through this past year, and you guys are going through it too, we are seeing a division of how pinball companies are handling quality issues. A division in how pinball companies are communicating to their customers when they have issues. And ultimately, none of us even want to get to that point, right? You don't want to get to a point where you have to judge a pinball company by how they handle problems. That's not what we want to get to. We want to judge a pinball company by how great the machines are. And we want the pinball companies to figure out the issues before they sell us the games. So if Spooky Pinball is having playfield issues on TNA, which they did, they stopped production, they fixed the issues, and now they have the best playfields in all of pinball. And I wish I could say the same thing about our friends over there in Chicago making GNR. I will say it, GNR, but they have not solved the issue. They didn't do that. And that is why the conversation is all about quality and what are you going to do for me? And I don't want the conversation to be there. They don't want it to be there. Nobody in the pinball industry wants it to be there, not the manufacturers and not the customers. So the reason why I went on Spooky Pinball's page today and I bought the fan club membership, for those of you out there, you go to SpookyPinball.com, you go to shop, and it's the second item on the list, the USA Spooky Pinball Fan Club Membership. I joined the club today. A fan club package includes the following. Super cool Bella Lugosi exclusive fan club 3D promotional plastic stand-up kit. Brenda's going to love putting that in the apartment. I said, the only thing we need to make this more of a home for Killian is a Bella Lugosi Fan Club 3D Promotional Plastic Stand-Up Kit. And here we have it, right here from Spooky Pinball. It also gives you a two-week early buy-in on their next game launch. Now, this is the big part. This is the thing that most of you sign up for. And the reason why you sign up for the Fan Club is you know that this game will most likely sell out within two weeks because they're not making that many of them. And if you've been living under a rock or in a tunnel for the last year, you know that there is way more demand 
for new in-box pinball machines than there is supply. So the moment Spooky announces this game, there probably will be more people coming through the door than spots available. And they most likely will have sold more fan club memberships than they will be making games. So it's going to be like an act kind of fast sort of thing. You also get a fan club exclusive access to Bloodsucker editions of new game launches, which will now also be collector's editions. You get the disc membership card, the exclusive fan club keychain, the exclusive fan club face mask, spooky hand sanitizer, and shipping is free, and you get it between April 30th and August 1st. The reason why they put August 1st in here is pretty obvious. That means this game is going to be shown and revealed sometime in July, and they're not going to allow people to jump into the fan club after the game has been revealed. Super smart, makes total sense, and then you start to think about, well, wait a minute. So August, which means production will start probably August, September, and games will be shipping by Halloween. I like this timing by Spooky Pinball. Now, what will this title be with two upper play fields? Is it going to be Nightmare on Elm Street? Is it going to be Halloween? We are all going to find out in just a few weeks. Is it going to be Army of Darkness? Nobody fully knows. I have not seen it. I have not seen a play field. I have not seen the game itself. But I'm excited because this is the kind of positive news we all want in pinball. We want to get excited about these companies. And we should support companies that make us feel good about buying pinballs from them. And it's that simple. And it's nothing personal. You know, I just got accused by someone you know. I'm not going to name his name. But he's like, you're so hard on the other company about all their quality issues. And I'm like, I'm just acting the way any customer would. If I buy your product and your product has issues, I do not want to be told that you don't have a solution for me. And just giving me a refund is not a solution that I want. I want a product that's built well. I don't want to have to sell my demon back to Dodge if there's a transmission issue. I want Dodge to give me a fixed transmission because I love the product. And that is how everybody feels who owns that collector's edition. And you all know what I'm talking about, okay? So I'm excited because we're near, we're near July now. And you can feel it building, right? American Pinball, Chicago Gaming Company, and Spooky Pinball are all on the eve of new title launches. If I were to pick the two winners, I think they're going to obviously be Chicago Gaming Company and Spooky. Those two are in the driver's seat. And I'll tell you why they're in the driver's seat is they have a history of releasing games that people are excited about. And they have a pedigree with the pinball community. American Pinball is the interesting company to watch because I don't think they're in the driver's seat. And I do think they have something to prove with their next title. I hope they're successful in whatever it is they launch. I do. I, I know that I make fun sometimes because David Fix made fun of me, but I do hope that American Pinball can figure it out. But I do worry about one thing. I do think they're going to come out of the gate with a non-licensed theme. Now, you could argue, and you'd be right, that Cactus Canyon is a non-licensed theme, but it's Cactus Canyon. And we know that Cactus Canyon is going to have way more in it. A Bally Williams game has so much in it. And this game has a ton in it. This game is going to have way more in it than probably American Pinball's next effort. But what I'm really curious about with AP is this. Is they really stripped everything out with Hot Wheels. And I know the Hot Wheels fanboys out there, all 10 of you out there, nobody's buying what you're selling. People didn't gravitate towards a stripped down Hot Wheels. 
Oktoberfest and Houdini were packed. Then they stripped down Hot Wheels because Roger Sharp told them if they strip it down and make it operator friendly, the game will sell better and be more successful. Completely failed marketing advice. Didn't work. Now, what I'm curious about is what will we see from American Pinball next? Will the game be packed? Will it be packed like Oktoberfest? Will there be a bunch of fun stuff in the game? That is what I'm looking at. Will they make Legends of Valhalla or Wrath of Olympus? Is it going to be a Riot Pinball game? I don't know. I can't wait to find out. But I do think if that's the route they go and they make a Riot Pinball game, I can't see it selling more than a few hundred units. And we know and you know that for American Pinball to be successful, they need to start making games where they could easily sell 1,000 of them. And just think about it. You've got this frenzied buyer base right now. You've got this frenzied buyer base right now. People are spending way more money than all these pinball machines are worth. I mean, people are spending like $12,000 on Stranger Things Elite. In this environment in which people are just saying, take my money now, if you can't drop a pinball machine new in box out into that marketplace that's going to be successful, you really have to call a boardroom meeting and wonder, what are you doing wrong? What are we doing wrong? And maybe... Maybe if you're David Fix, instead of making fun at Canada, you should call Canada up and run your plans by Canada because last time I checked, last time I checked, I, I think I'm helping some major brands do some major marketing and, and my bill rate, David Fix, you don't want to know what it is. You don't want to know what it is hourly, but I'm going to tell you right now, David, I will give you hours of my time for free to sit down with you guys, sign an NDA and help you make good decisions. Now, speaking of American pinball and themes, I'm hearing a rumor that Beetlejuice might be the theme that they're working on with Dennis Nordman. Now, think about this for a minute. Christopher Franchi said he's doing a game with American Pinball. We know he loves Beetlejuice. We know Dennis Norman loves Elvira and that spooky kind of world that like is Beetlejuice. It's that campy horror. So do you think Dennis Norman's licensed game with Roger Sharp helping to get all the assets is going to be Beetlejuice? Now, I know they were thinking they might be able to reveal this game by the end of the year, but most likely we will see this game by March of 2022 at TPF. But also, let me give you some advice, David Fix, and let me give you some advice, all you pinball companies. You don't have to launch your games around a pinball show. It doesn't matter anymore. COVID has shown us there's absolutely no need to invest all that time, energy, and money to shuffle your product to these shows or wait for those shows to reveal the games because you can sell out of your games just using something called the internet. The internet is the greatest pinball show in town. It's got a few billion people at that show every day. You don't need to go to these shows. I think that's old school marketing, it's old school thinking, and it's not necessary. Of course, the pinball shows would love you to hold your product until their show because then they can say, we're going to be the world reveal of the next game from American Pinball and they want you to attend to see that stuff. Makes total sense. But I don't think you need to do it, especially if you're a company. I would rather these companies put more of their money into the game than spending a ton of money shuffling them around all these, all these different shows because it's not cheap. It's not cheap. All right, so Mandalorian. Stern Pinball. So I got to jump on it. More Mandalorians are shipping. So for those of you out there, I really implore you to put some time on this game. I think it's way too early 
to decide whether or not this game is good, great, bad, horrible, mediocre. It's just too early. None of us have played it that much. I will say, walking away from my Mandalorian experience, I did feel like everyone is just prematurely like ejaculating their money into the pinball marketplace these days. They just are. I mean, the amount of people that have reached out to me and said they have an LE or a premium of Mando ordered and how excited they are for it. And I just respond to them like, but do you even know you like it? And they really don't know. And it's crazy to me. It's actually genius marketing that Stern has been able to create an environment like this in which nobody will play these games and they've already sold thousands of them. That's incredible. It's kind of dangerous, right, when you think about it, because it will make these companies lazier. It will make them put less into the games. Think about it if you're them. Why would you put more into these games if you can sell them out on artwork and theme alone? What else do you need to do? And there is nothing in Mandalorian that is mechanically that impressive at all. And as I said on my last show, all the cool stuff is up on the screen. That's where all the cool stuff is. And it's not even stuff they had to really do because they're just using clips from the show. That doesn't cost anything to dice up the clips from the show. I think Mando's going to be a middle-of-the-road game. I do. I think people will enjoy it. I think like all pinball, it will be fun. But I do think it's going to get pretty monotonous just because of the way the game is designed and the layout. I don't think it's going to be like this game that makes you go back over and over and over again. And if you have other cool fan layouts in your collection, I think you're going to have more fun, you know, just playing like your Attack from Mars or Monster Bash versus Mandalorian. That's just my take on it. Now you can have your take. I'm already starting to get a little bit of the hate mail from the Mando LE guys. Those are always the cultists, right? The guys who buy the LEs are the biggest Kool-Aid drinkers in the world because those guys will defend their purchase to no end because for some reason they need to feel like they're more special than everybody else. If you really stop and think about it, there's absolutely no reason to own an LE. There's no reason to own an LE. The same exact experience could be had for thousands of dollars less, the same exact gameplay experience, the same exact artwork that you actually see. I mean, what, the backlight artwork means a lot to you? The game is exactly the same. You're not going to have any more fun playing a Mando LE than a Mando Premium. And that's why it's all so comical on some level that we've created this environment. I've been a part of it. I've helped create this environment in which people who have LEs think they're in a superior place than everybody else. Now, do their games hold more value? Absolutely. Is it a better financial move to buy the LE versus the premium? Absolutely, especially right now. If you got a Mando LE, you now own something worth way more than 9,200 bucks. A premium buyer does not have a game worth anything more than he paid. So yes, if I were giving someone advice it would be to go in on all the LEs simply because you will never lose a penny unless the game is a total turd fest. And even Led Zeppelin LE owners, they're not really going to lose money. You could probably get back what you put into it. I do not expect Led Zeppelin to go the way of Stranger Things. I don't think a year from now people are going to be like, oh, I really want to get a Led Zeppelin. Because when you look at Stranger Things and you look at the game and then you look at Led Zeppelin, it is night and day how much more is in Stranger Things and the projector and the Demogorgon and all the stuff in Stranger Things, the magnetic ball lock on the back of the game, all of that stuff is super cool. Led Zeppelin has nothing in it. 
Nothing new, nothing innovative, nothing revolutionary. I could argue that Stranger Things and its projector was maybe a little bit ahead of its time. People weren't quite ready for it. But I bet you in a dark game room with that UV kit going and that projector going, that the experience of playing Stranger Things blows away Led Zeppelin, blows it away on every level. And that's my one thing with Mando. I don't think anything you're gonna get in Mandalorian is a completely unique, fresh, or original pinballed experience. I I just don't see it anywhere in the game. It doesn't mean it's not gonna be fun, but it doesn't feel like a creative leap forward. And I feel like Brian Eddy tried to do something that was a big creative leap forward with Stranger Things. It somewhat worked. It somewhat didn't. But that's why I think people have a newfound appreciation for it because at least it's different. And now the code has apparently made the game more exciting. Okay. All right. Speaking of exciting, Canada's Pinball Podcast. Someone called me cancer, Brenda, on, on Pinside this week. Cancer. Like they called me cancer. And, and I love it that, you know, Robin allows that to be up there. Where that is such a horrible thing to call somebody and I think it's terrible, and I think whoever said that should be ashamed of themselves. But this cantankerous, I'll use that word, this toxic adventure, Canada now has 84 active patrons on Patreon. 84, Brenda. We, we, we really are climbing, and I think we can get this number to 100 people by the end of July. By independent, no, that's, that's not the end. By the end of July, I think we can get 100 people to contribute to Canada's Pinball Podcast. If you're listening to this right now, and you want to keep the world's favorite pinball podcast on the air. Don't worry. It's still going to be on the air. But if you do contribute, you get special podcasts. And guess what? They're really good. And guess what? They've got three of them already. And also, we're going to be doing merchandise soon. But we're still just going to have this show doing it this way. I've always been a network of one. I'll always be a network of one. I don't need to join a whole other group of movement to talk about pinball. We've never had a schedule. I've never been like every Monday you're going to get a new show or every Friday. This is how Canadian loves to do his podcast. I got really inspired by that spooky video, and so I wanted to talk about it. I wanted to encourage all of you to contribute to Spooky Pinball, to get on their fan club, and just say thank you to a company that is transparent, that is making their product better each new iteration of their product, and a company that listens to the community. They don't just keep making the same mistakes over and over and over again. And they don't tell their customers to punch sand if they have an issue with their product. And I love that transparency. And everybody knows this. This hobby is way too small to not be transparent. Not just pinball companies, pinball personalities, content creators. You see it everywhere. And that is why like, I think a lot of you out there are realizing that Pinside really is a place where you should avoid if you want to enjoy pinball because people aren't transparent. You don't know who those people are. They would never say half of that stuff if they were actually in front of the camera or they actually were public figures. And that is why you know, I think where I love pinball is hanging out with people in person because even as I was at Jack Bar and I'm talking to like New York City League players, Players and tournament players, there's no like anger, there's no arguing, there's no fighting. We're just dudes drinking alcohol, talking about pinball. And that's the way it should be. And that's the way I encourage all of you to enjoy this hobby. My final parting words of advice are this three titles are about to come out. Why would you order a Mando Premium right now? I told that to someone this week. Why would you order Mando Premium right now, which you could get whenever, if you've never played Mando? You might as well wait 
to the end of July. By the end of July, you will see Spooky's new game. You will know what Mandalorian is. You will see American Pinball's new game. And you will see Chicago Gaming Company's new game. Doesn't that make total sense? I never understand that. The rush to get a premium when they will make it for years. If I were a premium buyer, I would always wait for the code to be done. I would wait to play it a bunch of times before I knew I wanted it. I would also wait for them to iron out any issues with manufacturing, and then I would buy a premium. The rush to buy a premium right away? Uh Uh-uh. The only people that need to rush to buy new games are operators to put the new pro on location to get customers into their locations, and LE buyers who, if they don't move fast enough, will miss out on all that free money. I just talked about. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode 591. Much to Brenda's chagrin as she sees me do two shows in 48 hours. But this is why you vote for Canada's Pinball Podcast. Uh Uh-oh, did he just ask for another Twippy vote? Uh Uh-oh, are we going to win an excellence award this year? Uh Uh-oh, who knows? It's hard to avoid the fact that we're still doing this. Everyone's attempts to cancel Canada have been met with Canada saying hello. I just can't.